morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Please remember to silence all electronics. Uh, the bathroom is down the hall to the left. If the microphone comes to you, hold it about six inches from your face. All right. Thank you, buddy. Are we ready? Yeah, we're live. Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Peterson. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope you had a good one. And good morning here again, and happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a good one. Who did not have a good one? <laughs> Who got in a fight with family members and friends? Oh, you did? James did, too. Uh, I did a little bit, but not a lot. But it was nice. That's what made it nice. Yeah. I li- uh, nothing like a good spiritual fight. So, um, anybody have any questions or anything that I need to res- respond to? You. Any questions or comments? Yes, sir. Um, I'm sorry? Yeah. Uh-huh. This has been bugging me for a while, and I don't know, it's a weird question. Are we supposed to love the devil? Are you supposed to love the devil? You know, it says love your enemy, love everybody. Oh. He is our enemy. Do you love the devil? I don't know if I love everybody, but. I don't know. I don't you, think so. You don't, do you, you don't know if you love the devil or not? No, I don't love him. You might love him? I don't. You don't love him. And how do you know you don't love him? I try to stay away from him <laughs> or keep him away from me. Uh, uh, you're not supposed to hate him with a judgment because if so, that's why you became, you fell into a fallen state because you hated the injustice that his children would put it up on you as a kid. but you, and, and not hating him means that you, he would never have any control over you at all. But if you hate him, he's going to control you. But the, the Christian kind of motto of, you know, even having love for your enemies and not hating them. Right. That doesn't apply to the devil? It does apply to him. It does. Right, because what happens when you don't hate him, when you don't hate evil, then evil can't get into you and control you. You have to discern it, but not hate it. And so you, evil wants you to hate it, because it understands that if it can get you to hate, then it can control you. Have you ever tried to make someone angry? Yeah. And, and why did you want to make them angry? I never really did it for the reason, but it throws them off balance. Right. Like subconsciously. You, you want to control them. It weakens them. Right. And so that's what evil does. So that's why you shouldn't hate it. Discern but don't hate. Okay. Any other questions? Way in the back and then there. What's the difference between judging and correcting? Um, When you judge someone, there's an emotion that comes with it. You either feel good about them or feel badly about them. That's judgment. When you're just correcting them with perfect love, there is no feeling to it at all. Real love doesn't have a feeling. People who say, I'm in love, or I fell in love, what they're really saying is that they fell into darkness. Because real, that's why love don't last. You know how you fall in love and then time goes by and now you don't love this person? And you want to break up, you want to separate because you never loved them, you hated them. But real love, there is no feeling to it at all. No thoughts, no feeling, nothing. You just live it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 
Yes, ma'am. Mine is more sensational. <laughs> it's more what? My question is more sensational. Oh, okay. Were you surprised by the responses you got about your question about um, how people feel about black people? I'm going to get to that. Okay, I was wondering, so I was, I was jumping ahead. <laughs> I wasn't surprised at what they said, but I was surprised that they responded. A lot of people are afraid to respond, especially non, non-black folks. And uh, what did you think about that? I was happy that you gave them a platform to feel safe to do so. That was nice. A lot of people wouldn't be um, that objective and that open. So that, yeah. that was, it was okay. It was good. And, and sometimes it's good to hear what other people think. Right. You know, whether it's true or not, it's just it, it can be constructive criticism. Did you, did you guys hear the response to that question on the radio show? How do you see black people? It was amazing. But not surprising, though. A lot of people see them that way, but they just won't say it because they're afraid to say it. How do you see black people? <laughs> the way you asked it, it makes it sound like they're other, like they're I'm not black, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, I would say on a grand scale that we're we do kind of have like a a veil over our eyes. And even though we feel like we're the most discriminated against people, I think we're actually some of the most protected. Um, And I think that if we were able to kind of just calm down a little bit, we could actually see that. Um, And I don't think any of us want to go back to Africa. I could say that too. (laughs) I I don't want to go. I like it here. I'm American. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's so much to say. I can't really put it into a single thought, to be honest with you. So if you and I were having coffee at a private place, and I would ask, how do you see black people? So pretend like we, no one is around but us. Here's some seats. Mary, those are your friends that just came in? Can they sit next to you? Do they mind? Do you like Mary enough to come sit next to her? We want to fill in the front so that uh, when the people come in, the back is easier. Uh, go ahead. What would you say if we were talking in private? I would say that a lot of us are unjustly angry, particularly anybody that's maybe like under 50. Because as a younger black person, I haven't experienced any outright discrimination or anything. Right. So I don't have anything to be angry about. Uh Um, So you see them as angry. I do see them as angry. But it's more like just kind of like when a kid is angry, like they don't really know why they're angry. They're just kind of mad because everybody else is. And um, I don't know, like I feel like when I hear younger people talk about like slavery and stuff like that. I personally haven't linked my my heritage back to any slaves. I'm sure there could be some, but until I do that, I'm not claiming slavery as my own. Right. It's not mine. Yeah. So I, I don't know how you would describe it. It's just there's a lot of groupthink that goes on and no actual real it's like thinking without thought. Like they're not actually using logic or anything or yeah. common sense, critical thinking. There's none of that. And even if I found out that my folks were 
enslaved at some point, it still would not affect me today. Right. It's so over with, you know. It doesn't even exist. Yeah. And then I wouldn't know if they were in the big house or in the fields. <laughs> and that's my point, too, because I think with a lot of us, you know, like, they if, could be in the big house. That's true, though. And maybe they were in the big house because you probably wouldn't be here if they were in the fields. They probably would have gotten killed. So if you think about it that way, though, I think you can kind of let it go because personally, slavery is not my story. So I'm not right. like I said, again, I'm not going to own it. Um, my story started in the 80s when I was born. It didn't start, you know, some other time. So That's amazing you were born in the 80s. <laughs> it sounds, sounds so, so long ago, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds so young. I'm not going to tell you what year I was born. I mean. They didn't make TV yet. <laughs> we used to have to uh, uh, prepare the big White House for the white people that on my, the plantation I lived on. And they lived somewhere else. And, but they would come once a year to go hunting and things like that. And there was this big white house that sat on the hill. And so when they sent a message that they were coming, we would have to go up there and get it ready. Cut the grass. The women would go and clean it, do whatever they do. So I know about the big house. <laughs> I worked yeah. in the big house and in the fields. And I think that a person like you that actually experienced it, if you can come out of it, I'm not, I don't know if you're unscathed or not. I don't know your, your innermost thoughts. But if a person like you can see beyond that and just live in the moment, I feel like it's really sad that, again, people my age and younger are associating with something that they, one, didn't experience, and two, something that a person that experienced the, um, what would you call it, like the, the leftovers, the outcome of slavery and things like that, you kind of experienced the tail end of all that stuff, and you still came out of it like a relatively normal person, I think. Uh, but <laughs> the point is, there was nothing to come out of. When we were growing up, it wasn't all this discussion about slavery. And it wasn't, blacks were not blaming anyone for anything. We just lived, we worked, we went to school, we, you know, did our thing with the church, and they, this idea of racism and slavery and all that, Black people were not making excuses back then. I didn't even, it sounds weird. That's why it's so silly to hear it now. Because when I was growing up, it wasn't like that. Uh, there were good white folks and good black folks and bad white folks and bad black people. And uh, so this whole discussion is just insane. It's insanity. It's not How does real. it make you feel when you hear young people automatically go to the slavery thing? Or like white I know supremacy, that whatever that is. Yeah. They truly been brainwashed by their parents, the educational system, and some of the churches. They're just brainwashed. They have no idea what they're talking about at all. Zero idea. And especially when they blame that on their own life, being not having a good life. Mm-hmm. It's their parents' fault that they're not having it. Right. Nothing to do with slavery. Very true. Yeah. Yes, Joel. What you saying about the black people? And we know how Joel feels about black people. <laughs> <laughs> Joel doesn't even know that he's black. <laughs> he's like, I didn't know I was black until I started working at the radio show. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Joel that. even said he would date a white, a black woman on the radio. I, no, I didn't say I would. I said I haven't seen any that are interesting. So. <laughs> It's better off saying I would. I don't, I don't mean, I don't, I don't mean, 
I don't mean it like that. Of all, you've been on the earth no, 27 years. Let me stop there. Cause and you haven't seen not one out right. black woman that's worth it. No, 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 interesting. I don't mean it like that. I do like black women. Yeah, you're digging a hole for yourself. <laughs> but go ahead. No, I just, I, just with the, the question you asked about black people on the radio show, I just feel like black people aren't disciplined in right and wrong because when they're, they're so on the defensive when people correct them to where people are afraid to correct them. But I feel like some of the fault is also on the people who don't want to correct them because they're afraid of the reactions. But the black people do, they, they're defensive so much that nobody wants to correct them, but it's not their, it's their fault too, but at the same time, people, the, on the other spectrum, people need to not worry about what the results are going to be of it. Right. Because constantly, nobody wants to correct them because it's like, oh, they're going to they're gonna go off. They're going to get mad They're going to get mad you. you. They might swing. Yeah. But I mean, you can't be afraid of that. Yeah. Amazing. How do you see black people? This is your first time here? I bet you had no idea it would be your first question. <laughs> I'm going to church today. Nobody's going to ask me how I see black people. <laughs> how do you see black? Are you Hispanic? No, I'm Mexican. Oh, you're Mexican. Okay. Um, how do you see? What's the difference between Mexican and Hispanic? Uh, I really don't know. I never identify with being That's Hispanic. That's another though. made up word. Yeah. That's why. But how do you see black people? Uh, very negative and blaming a lot of people for their problems. That's really about it. Amazing. Let me ask a white person. <laughs> How do you see black people? Uh, <clears throat> I, I definitely uh, agree with what Joel was saying. I mean, I've, I've seen that in my life. Um, uh, I... I think that, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of this, uh, this victim card being played, you know, like I'm just this victim of everything. And, uh, and because you're, you, you have this, you know, if you're going to have this victim mentality, then everyone's out to get you. So, yeah. I mean, the, I, so do, does it turn you off when you hear like black people go sit down? <laughs> what do you mean? Does it turn you off from black people? You hear them complaining and and whining. Well, anyone who's complaining and whining is how about black people? Turn off. Yeah. How about black people? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm black. You can say it. <laughs> you won't get thrown out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. How about, and then I come there, how about you? How do you see black people? Anybody ever asked you that before? No. Not, um, not even at home when no one is around? No, I mean, my family is biracial. Uh, we ha- I have a, a niece and a nephew that come from a black father. So you really know what they're like. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't witness it much, the victim card, but it's also... Not only playing a victim card, but also if not the victim and then entitlement. Yeah. It's, it's everything. Yeah. Joel and I had a discussion about uh, um, transgenders. Is that right? Drag queen people? I don't remember. 
Remember how we can't tell if a woman is a woman now oh, or a yeah. man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. they call? Transgender, right? Transgender. And so I saw this person that was dressed like a female, but I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. So I ran back to the studio and I told Joel. <laughs> I saw this person at the gym and I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. And someone introduced the person to me. And I couldn't tell it was a, but they said it's a woman, right? And we thought how sad that is, huh? And what, what do we think about it? That in society, if, if the woman looks a little bit more, has a tougher look or stronger features, right. you, you question if they're a transgender or not. Right. But and before horrible. all this transgender stuff came about, you never questioned that. You don't wonder, is this a woman or a man, right? But now you do because so many people are doing it. Isn't that a sad way to live? And uh, so, whatever that was for. <laughs> yes, ma'am. How do you see black people? Well, I see them as uh, people that like to segregate themselves and kind of just alienate um, from everybody. I I know I've I've seen that a lot um, when I were I went to undergrad to a school that was ninety five percent Caucasian, five percent other. Um, I saw it there a lot. Um, I see I've seen it at work. Yeah. Um, I've seen how they just never really want to have any type of uh, friendship relationship. They're always gathering within groups amongst themselves. Right. And they're almost afraid. I feel like I, I see them as, as very afraid of everybody else. And they're, they're only comfortable within their own group and, you know, their own people. Or people that are similar to them. Like, I've only seen them associate with Hispanics or, you know, Latinos. Like, right. and, and that's about it. Everybody else, it's kind of like outside of the spectrum. I know for myself, when I went to undergrad and, you know, they saw me coming and they're like, you know, well, come join us, you know. Like, you could be part of our, our organization. And I was like, I don't want to be part of any organization. I just want to, because I saw that happening a lot, yeah. a lot of like groups and cliques. And I was like, I don't want to be part of a group right. or clique. Right. I want to be friends with everybody. And since then, they actually like never spoke to me again, which was a funny oh, thing that out. they outcast me because I didn't want to join their organization right. and their group. And they, I didn't want to identify myself with the 5%. I just wanted to be not part of any percentage, percentile. When I, uh, um, the way I see black people now, when I was in a fallen state, I saw them as mean and, you know, uh, they couldn't communicate. They'd get angry really fast and uh, you couldn't tell them the truth. And it's weird that I saw it that way. The reason I saw it that way, because when I was growing up, black people were different. You know, they didn't have all that anger and they got along with people and they agreed and disagreed and. It really didn't matter what color you were, you were, right? And when I was growing up, I never saw black people fighting at school and all that kind of stuff. I had one fight at school. It was though we were on the playground. It was my turn to bat. And some black guy wanted, thought it was his turn, so we fought over the bat. And then we got the principal whooped us for fighting. I never had another, right? Before I could get home, my grandmother knew about it. And I don't know yet how did she find out because we had no telephone. <laughs> but it made it home before I did. 
And uh, but and so what happened was I went up to Indiana when I was going to the 11th grade and I went to Edison High School. It was predominantly a black school with his Mexicans and Hispanic, but mostly black. And they elected the first black mayor of Gary, Indiana. And that very same next day, all hell broke out. Blacks were fighting in the hallway. They were, they would walk up to white people and just stand in front of them and dare them to move. I mean, get out of my way, that kind of stuff. And it was just amazing to see that kind of anger coming out of people. And also when I went up to Indiana, they had gang members and stuff like that. And I had never seen that growing up. And so it made me not comfortable around black people. Um, because I didn't grow up that way. So it made me realize that it's how you, how you're raised. It's really not about the color at all. It's really about how your father and mother raised you, the example that they are for you. And so now I see most black people as being in a fallen state, like whites and Hispanics and others. They're just angry and they can't see. And because they have been catered to for so long, rather than repudiated, Generation and generation of it have just gone down from each generation. And if you don't deal with evil in a timely way, it will destroy you. It will destroy you, your kids, the cat, the dog, the paint on the house, and everything. And so black people have not been corrected. And that's why when you correct them now, they react to it in such a hard way because they are not accustomed to people telling them that they're wrong. And it's not about racism. It's not about what color you are. It's really about character. Martin Luther King Jr. talked about it. He said it's about the character of the person, not the color. And blacks have lost their way. So, uh, But now I see that they just can't see. And I've noticed that the blacks who admit that they're wrong, they wake up. And they can see their whole personality and everything changes. So that's why we got to tell them the truth about themselves. Oh, we have to be honest with one another, really especially if we are men and women of God. And if they don't like it, just let, it's like with family members, let them yell and scream. Don't change the truth just because they don't like it. And that's what love is. And that's what God, well, that's how he operates with us. He tried to warn us with the truth, but if we don't like it, we don't accept it. He's like, okay, no problem. Go fall in the ditch and die. He's not going to force you to change. He's not going to force you to love him. But he tried to warn you along the way. Likewise, we have to do this with black people and women and, and the radical homosexuals and everybody. We got to tell them the truth because they literally cannot see. If they could see, they would do differently, but they cannot see. That makes sense? So that's how I see black people. They're not, they're victims because they have had parents who have failed, have failed them and not because of, uh, not because of slavery or racism or any of that kind of stuff. Not one iota. Who are you waving for? I was waving for my son, Andrew. Come on, Andrew. That's amazing. Hey, Andrew. How are you? I'm good. All right, man. Oh, I'm glad you're here. Any, uh, any questions about, oh, getting the mic to her? <laughs> How did you hear about us? Well, my twin identical boys listen to oh. you every day. 
you, Ben Shapiro, a couple other people. So I come in from work right. from American Airlines, and I'm very diverse. And my boyfriend happens to be Jewish, second one. Wow. And I do believe it's... A black woman dating a Jew. Christian, too. You know there's a guy. Yeah, because I think he's calling him. But nevertheless, I come in, and, and I like my twins' perspective. And uh, they're actually Republicans. I'm independent. Okay. And nevertheless, so uh, I had so I a couple of... I met your twins at the bank. Yes, you did. Remember I told you about I met these identical twins? These two young black guys? That's one of them right there. Where's your brother? I always see him on your show. So what? I always see him on your show. Who, James? Yes. The hate report. Yeah. Uh, and you almost ran over me across the street. <laughs> so she like going down the freeway so fast, yeah. down the street, almost hit me. And then she and turned around and came and apologized. I, I did. And so... I thought this was regular church, and I was like, son, because we went and ate at Nick's. I was like, go get me some money. And uh, and so it's like a forum, I see. And uh, like that's what? interesting. I like that. Oh, okay. It's different. Yeah. It's a real church. It's not like hooping and hollering, and then I preach at you and sing you home. Because you go, you came here for something, right? And you want to leave at least having some insight about something rather than just the word. All right. So I'm glad you're here. Yes. I wanted them to come with me. Yeah. You parted in the red? Oh. So you got to go move your car. I know that. Because they're going to give you a ticket just like that. I know. Go move. His twin is in the car. Come and let them see what you look like. Come this way. Hey, twin. Come around this way so the people can see what you look like. Oh, that is. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name? Andrew. Andrew. So, yeah, just walk across so they can see. That's one. <laughs> and his brother looks just like him. Just like him. Okay, good to see you, buddy. Okay. So let me do this. Um, so that's how I see black people, the way I see all people. Those in the father state and those who are not. That's just the reality of what it is. Um, what I, I want to talk about a little Thanksgiving stuff, right? Kind of give you some hints on how to live. Most of you already know. What I notice is that most people, um, their whole life is thinking about living. You know, like, I got to get a certain kind of a job. I got to get married. I got to live here or there. I, I got to get an education. I got to have certain kind of friends. I have to have a party. I have to be invited to certain places. Their whole life is. And then when they get one degree, they need another one. They get to AA, that's not enough. I got to get a bachelor degree. And then by the time you finish with that, you need a master's degree. Then you need a, a doctorate degree. It doesn't ever stop. And I'm thinking, this is so insane, right? And it's not the way that God wanted it to be. It's a horrible way of living. Can you imagine waking up every morning thinking about you got to get this and, you, and if you don't, you're less than or you're not going to make it. We've been lied to and told that unless we go to college, we're not going to make it in life. That somehow or another, uh, I remember when they started that with the high school degree. They said, if you don't get a high school degree, then you're not going to make it in life. You guys may be too young to remember that. And then they, once you got that, they said, you need a college degree. And then it just went on and on until it's out of control. 
And what I realize, you're being ripped off. They make you focus on all this knowledge and try to have a life. And so you end up in debt and you're still not free. And so I want to just kind of encourage you that how many people know what I'm talking about? Is that a hard way to live? And then you get these degrees and you're so unhappy because you're so angry and worried about the job now. Will I get a job? And then will I get the right man or will I get the right woman? You're not living at all. You got to start living. And um, so you can relate to that, right? How did you become that way? In the back. Yeah. Me? Uh-huh. Is this your first time here? Yes. Oh, what's your name? Carol. Carol, thank you for coming. How did you become that way? Who taught you to be that way? Well, I was raised to be that way. By your parents? By my mom. Oh, I'm sorry. By my mother, yes. Yeah. And what would she tell you while growing up? Well, my mom was a single mother of five. Yeah. So she didn't know any better. So she taught me what she knew. And so that's how I grew up. Yeah. And so you have a degree? No, I don't. But it was always instilled in me to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to always work and make a certain amount of money. Oh. And, and always, when I get there, to always uh, just work, 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 and work. And focus on the material things. Yeah. To gain respect. You know? Um, and have you done that? I did that. I did that for a very long time. And just about two years ago, I had to humble myself because I had lost everything. Yeah. And it brought me to where I am now. Right. And where are you now? At peace with myself. That's right. Yes. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, do you live with your mother or, or yes, near her? Uh, right now I'm with her, yes. A- and why? Like I mentioned, I had to humble myself. I lost everything. Oh, you mean you before, lost all for, your stuff that you yeah, had Yeah, so because hard of the lifestyle I was living. Oh, okay. Yeah. How did you lose it? By messing around with the wrong people. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So what have you learned from all this? That... Um, Just as easy as it comes, it can go. Be what now? As easy as it comes, it can go. Yeah. But anything else you learn from it, from going through that process? Spiritually? Yeah. Yeah, that if you don't do it the godly way, I mean the right way, it's not right. Yeah. Um, So are you going to move out real soon? Yes. And don't take any more of her advice? No. (laughs) No, 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 no. Yeah, get out and live your life. Yes. Really. That is the plan. Because what it is, God doesn't want you hustling and bustling and trying to be something. Because the more you try to be something, the less you are. And the less you try to be something, the more you are. You become something or someone by not trying. He wants you to just just be. You know, just get up and live your life. Do what's in front of you. Don't try to be like anyone else. Don't try to have as much as someone else uh, have. Just be you. Just be. It's, and it's so weird and weird in a good way. When you just be you, everything you want will come easier. It just opened up for you. Your whole life starts to open up. And then you get things that you never imagined that you would receive in life. Because he's your father. And he would take care of you. But if you're hustling and bustling 
and trying to have it yourself, then Satan is your father. And Satan is stressing you out, and as soon as you get it, you're going to commit suicide. Because now that you got it, you got to work hard to keep it. You got to lie and steal and cheat and work overtime and under time and around time. And then you got to impress, try to impress everybody to make them think that you are important. That's a lot of work. Have you ever tried to make people think you're important? That is not easy. You got to have the right kind of house, the right kind of car. And then they come over, eat up all your food. And you can't say anything because you're supposed to be it. (laughs) That's a hard way to live. But I'm telling you, if you let all that go, meaning don't let that be your number one thing, you want to be a son or daughter of God and just live and life will open up. It's not about your identity should not be coming from the world at all. Not one out. It shouldn't be coming from your parents. It shouldn't be coming from the world. It should be coming from God through you, out of you, from God. It's a perfect way of living. And it's mind blowing to live that way. Because you have no stress, you have no worries, you're not concerned about how others see you, and you treat people the way you would like to be treated, meaning that you you don't resent them, and you just be you. And that simple life is much better than that life that people are trying to create for themselves. you got to just be. And all this knowledge that you're gathering, that's insane. People gather knowledge like a computer. They're constantly learning and reading and studying and remembering and, and all kinds of stuff. You don't need all that stuff. Knowledge has its place, but there's nothing like the knowledge of yourself and of the creator. Nothing like that. If you don't know yourself and you have all the book learning, you're still a dummy. You got to know yourself. Most people have all kinds of knowledge, but when you ask what type of person are you, they have no clue. They have no idea what's going on within themselves. And you've been set up by the world to live that way, and especially with the parents. I know a lot of parents, they just force, especially mothers, they force their kids, get an education, get this degree, get that degree. Come and live near me. You got to live here. You got to live there. They're controlling you from the grave, even if you don't get over it. <laughs> and if you don't do it the way they want you to, then they hate you for it. You know? You got to become yourself. There's nothing like being you. It's so much easier. It really is. Yes, sir. Take the mic for me. Um, so, like, I went to right after high school, I went to community colleges for about like five years. And then I and then I and then I transferred everything you to went to community college for five years. Yeah. Isn't it like a two year school? <laughs> What were you doing, smoking pot? <laughs> uh, that and, and many other things, yeah. Um, but basically, like, because I hear what you're saying, but I think it could be misconstrued as maybe people are, are going to think that you don't believe in education. Because what I think is that, for example, like I was able to do community college at my own pace. I was able to get FAFSA, and so I wasn't spending a lot of money. I was doing it at my, at my own pace. I yeah. was enjoying the classes, and then I was able to transfer everything to a four-year and graduate, you know, because the fact is is a lot of these places that I, I try to get a job at, they'll judge how much they're going to pay you based on what degree you have, you know. So right. that's, that's one of the things. Like, I value education. I, I see what you're saying as far as, like, it's not the ultimate thing, and you don't got to keep on going – 
to please everybody else. But I do think that just like this place right here where everybody's talking to each other, that happens in the classrooms. What, uh, what type of work are you doing now? Uh, my job is completely unrelated to my degree, but I do tell. I rest my case. <laughs> no, because the thing is this: like, it doesn't matter. One one thing that my dad taught me is, it doesn't matter what you get your degree in. You're always going to be able to use that in a, in a different job. So I do telemedicine. I basically i i troubleshoot for electrocardiograph and ultrasounds. But my degree was in language, so I've I've been able to translate documents from english to spanish and and all that stuff so it helped me i can't and the thing is is that in my school i went to i learned all types of other stuff and all of that helped me for this job even though it wasn't directly related to it so i think people can go at their own pace and still give respect to the fact that these institutions do bestow knowledge upon people amazing i understand what you're saying I do, but I want one person to respond to it. Let me go. I saw his hand first. And then you go. go ahead. How do you respond to what he said? Um, I think just living life through 18 to 28 or whatever age, you're going to learn no matter what you're doing. I don't think it's exclusive to school. Um, I think what I've seen a lot of my peers is that they went the school route. I tried to do the school route, but I had to work, so I ended up juggling both and work ended up taking a priority yeah but the folks that i saw go the school route they never developed any real skills they just learned how to be students and by the time they got out i was working in jobs that you needed a master's degree for right at 23 because i had so much work experience so i don't think anything replaces real work experience working in a team having a boss learning to put extra hours in that's the type of stuff that um, that I think is really valuable. And though, you know, some jobs might say, oh, well, what's your degree? But when your work experience speaks for itself, who, if, if they're going to hire someone with no work experience just because they have a degree, that's not the type of job you want. That's, yeah. they're, they're pretty dumb. You want a job that knows how to recognize real work experience and knows how to invest and take a risk on that. Um, and it's okay. not as a risk as someone who, let's say, has a degree but absolutely no experience at all, who doesn't know how to work, who doesn't have the discipline, who picked up all these bad habits, you know, by being a full-time student their whole life, basically. Yeah. Another thing, and then I come right here, uh, right there, in the black. Yes. I noticed that even with the young people today, and I would say 50 and down, they don't, they don't have real common sense. Some of y'all do. <laughs> but when you're growing up differently, you have common sense. And common sense should be the light unto your feet. You know what I'm saying? And I noticed that with a lot of young people, they wait until, for example, they wait until they're 30 and 40 to get married. To me, why you wait so long to get married? You know? You're supposed to get married when you're young so you can be able you know, and plus kids don't want old parents. <laughs> but you're supposed to get young, I mean, get married young, but now they've been told to wait until they're 30 and 40. Or you hear a lot of young people say, especially millennials, I'm not going to get married. And then they, they turn 30 and 40, now they want to get married, and no, nobody wants them. <laughs> you know, they can't find a husband or a wife. 
Oh, they can't have a baby because the body messed up now. You know, and so the, the values are all wrong. It's been set aside. The values have been set aside for ego reasons. And you end up suffering for that later. We got to come back to, to common sense. And I want to respond to that, what you said in a minute, but here and then here. Okay. Do you have a degree? No. no, but I feel so deflated after what you just said. What? Because <laughs> I don't know how many people in this room are married, but I'm going to say it's probably less than half. Right. So I'm like, oh, man, it's never going to happen. But OK, no, it's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe if I get a degree, I'll 30? get a husband. Are you past? That's 30? what a lot of girls think. But, you know, yeah. are you past 30? <laughs> I am. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no, That's kidding. how I feel, too. It's so funny. OK, um, but no, I was just going to say something really quick about the degree thing. I think going to school, at least getting into debt to go to school, you should only do it if you're going to go into like math or sciences or something like that. Yeah. To where you're actually going to enrich the world or save lives or things like that. Um, but in every job I've ever had and in my what is now my career, I guess you could call it that, it was always who I knew because my employees were all degreed people. I've made more than every single one of them. Yeah. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, is it really worth it? Because I would rather hire someone based on experience, like he said, yes. because... You can have a degree in some field, but I'd rather have the guy that has five years of experience than the new grad. Yeah. The only advantage with the new grad is that I can pay them less and work them harder. Yes. So. <laughs> and what I notice about the young people uh, who they have the education, but they don't have the common sense, like they won't even lock the back door when they leave. <laughs> they don't walk, they're so unconscious. They'll walk out of a building and leave the door open. Have you ever seen that? It's a crazy thing. I'm like, how did you leave the door open? Oh, I wasn't thinking. How do you not think to lock a door? Lock your door. (laughs) (laughs) That's an amazing thing. Uh, But yeah, that's what I was going to say. And a lot of, especially here in Los Angeles, I find that it is really who you know. Because if... I'm in an industry and I feel like I want to take a chance on a friend of a friend. Yeah. I can do that. I don't have to worry about whether or not you have a degree. It does weed out certain kinds of people. But to me, a degree mostly means that you know how to listen. You know how to take tests. You have a very good memory. And you would be easier, I think, to kind of come into the fold and follow directions than someone else with the experience, I guess, if that kind of makes sense. Because... That's really all school teaches you is a lot of discipline because the things that you learn, you can actually Google if you really had, you know, if you had yeah. a list of things, you could learn it online learn it. for free. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah. amazing. Let me just take here real fast. Yeah. Oh. You have a degree? Yeah, I do. So um, what I noticed when I was growing up, I have had a job since I was 16 and I started going to school part time and doing it at my own pace. Um, and I was always pressured in my, I, I guess I added that pressure onto myself because I wanted to, you know, I Can guess. you guys hear way over there? Speak up just a little bit more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I added the pressure on to myself. My mom never forced me to go to school or anything like that. So 
I do from experience, I feel like when you're going through that route, sometimes you're so focused on getting good grades and, you know, getting these classes and working that you forget about yourself and working on yourself. So I can see how what you're saying, you know, comes into play. And I was in a relationship as well when I was in my early twenties and I messed that up because I was so focused on school and I wasn't right within myself. Yeah. So now I'm 30 and not married. And it's like, I get your point. <laughs> <laughs> See, you missed that opportunity to get married and start a family chasing after that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And you made the point that I want to make too. Uh, education has its place. I'm not like knocking education, but self-knowledge and then knowing the one that created you is greater than any education you could possibly get. Self-knowledge will cause you to succeed in life in a full way without your effort. It will just open up because you now know yourself. And most people don't know themselves. They, as you said, put self aside to get all this worldly knowledge, yes. thinking that that's going to make a life for you. Yeah. And it really doesn't. And self-knowledge helps you balance when you do in take like in diverse as far as school you you know how to balance it better than instead of just being that's, stressed out and you know not having faith that god will provide every day and that's right you know just living your life amazing and so you you still want to get married you yes. mm-hmm. you want yeah you you think it's going to happen i do and why do you believe that i just i believe that I, there's i just i don't know i just <laughs> i have faith that it's going to happen but all the guys are beta males Yes, it's true. Would you uh, marry a beta male? No. See, so now you're awake. Yeah. And you're not going to fight a man. I know. They're all beaters. Are you available, Jesse? <laughs> well, we got some beaters. <laughs> she asked me if I was available. Uh, I'm too old for you. <laughs> but there's some here in this room alone. alone. Um, so do you know yourself? Have you started to... Get to know thyself, yourself. Yes, I feel like I'm, I'm learning. I'm, yeah. I'm starting. It's been a couple months that I've been just focusing on myself. and Yes. It, it's been great. Yeah. I wish I would have done this earlier in my life. That's you know? right. But don't worry. Once you wake up completely, it's going to be as though you never miss a step. It's going to be like you have no past, you have no future, and life is amazing. And whatever your heart desires, you will receive it. God will give you a husband. It'll happen. It'll be the right man that you guys will stay together until death do your part. So if you know thyself, and you, you, it's going to cause you to know God, it's just going to be mind-blowing for you. Yeah. Also, to, uh, to know thyself helps you to know the world. And once you know the world, that causes you to overcome the world. It's so amazing how that is. And you're going to see how brainwashed you have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is amazing how brainwashed we are. It, it's stunning to think about the stuff that we've been told and we've been taught and we have believed into, and it's all lies. All lies. That's why it's not working. Because it's all lies. One example, I'll use the Bible as an example. How many people know the Bible inside out? You know the Bible pretty good. You know the Bible. Yeah, don't be afraid. Y'all know y'all know the Bible. If you notice, and you can disagree with me, if you notice, knowing the Bible doesn't change your life at all. It does, you still have fear. You still have doubt. You still, uh, you don't have self-control. You don't, you're still crazy. 
but you know the Bible, and and yet the world pushes the Bible on you. You gotta read the Bible. You you gotta know the Bible. A friend of mine was reading the Bible the other day, and they came in and told me something. Oh, I gotta read the Bible. I need to know. I said, like, go sit down. <laughs> Your life is working very well. And he had allowed Satan to tell him that he needed to know the Bible. And there's nothing wrong with reading the Bible. But don't read the Bible to know the Bible. You are a seeker. You're seeking the kingdom. It's within, right? So read it and put it down. But you've been taught you got to remember it. you got to quote the scriptures. And people who are quoting the scriptures are absolute nutcases. <laughs> All in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it's no different than the education that you're getting from the uh, universities around the country. It builds your ego and makes you think you know something that you don't. And your life is screwed up. Because if you know God, if you're a son or daughter of God, your life is going to change for the good. Everything kind of mellows itself, it evens itself out for you. You have a great life. But if you just know the Bible, that doesn't mean you know God. And life is rough. Kids hate you. Relationships not working. Out of wedlock birth. Afraid to speak up. But you know the Bible. <laughs> it's mind blowing. Anybody disagree with me on this one? You disagree about the Bible? Okay. I'm going to take a risk. <laughs> yes, sir. <coughs> um, so, like, when Christ would go around and he would speak to people, right? He would pick people out, like one of his favorite students. He says, You know, come with me and I'll teach you how to be a fisher of men. He says, but my father and brothers aren't working with them. He says, don't worry. Just, you know, if you want the kingdom of God, just you've got to leave them. Come with me anyways. But the, a lot of people wouldn't understand the things he was saying. And one of his students comes to him and says, uh, you know, teacher, wh- why do you speak in parables? People don't understand you. He says, because they're not meant to understand me. If, like, what so you what s- do you disagree with me on? You say so, you <clears throat> so you can read the Bible. I agree in, in part that just reading it isn't going to do it because... If you don't have the word of God inside you, if you don't have that that Holy Spirit kind of tapped you on the shoulder, you, I, I would have people come to me and say, I read the Bible, I read the Bible, I don't understand it, help me. And I would try to help them, they still How wouldn't you understand disagree it. disagree with me real fast? If you I have, knew you were tricking me. <laughs> I knew it was a setup. Okay, 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 okay. I'm trying to cut, you know. If you do have the word of God in you, like you say, I think the Bible is very imp- important. And when you read it, you understand something completely different than people who don't have the word. And they're trying to be, but they're never going to get there. People who don't know the Bible understand the Bible better than those who do know it. Yeah, That's I agree. Sure. With because their egos have not been built up. So they're open to listen. They're open to receive, right? But if you study and you're, you're, you have all this knowledge, you're not open to receive anything. Because all you're going to do, is, as soon as someone tells you something, you're just going to quote a scripture. You know what I mean? So, do what you want with this, but I highly suggest that, again, education has its place, right? But don't live by education. You live by the, the knowledge of God within, knowing thyself. And so, when you, let's say you have a degree, you, you're a scientist, as someone mentioned, and you're out there doing your little scientist stuff, at the end of the day, put the scientists away and just pick it up tomorrow. But come back to yourself and live from that. 
uh, being a scientist is just a way to earn money. Because you can be a scientist and not know God. Your life is screwed up. You just feel good about yourself. It's not meant for you to hold on to knowledge. Don't hold on to it. Use it as a tool, but don't hold on to it. You want to live from within. You want the Holy, as you, somebody mentioned, the Holy Spirit to guide you. And he will in all things. He'll make your life perfect. All right. I want to do this real fast. I saw this young lady first. And then in the corner, you had your hand, right? Okay. And then here. Go ahead. Okay. So I uh, wanted to speak about the education. I actually didn't. I, I finished eighth grade. And I didn't get the chance to finish high school or anything oh, like good. that. Oh, And I look at I'm my, so and proud actually, of you. 100% on You're that right. because... Because normally when you say, oh, I finished high school, everybody goes, yeah. Well, I think it's, you're absolutely right on that because one of the things I didn't experience is the high school click, you know, thing. Yes. Like when I hear about people and there's situations in high school, I didn't go to that. I didn't experience that. And um, when, when recent, or not recently, but in, in, in my later years of life, I ended up getting a position in a very good company, getting paid pretty very very well. And the reason why I got that position, I ended up being a director of operations for a national medical yeah. company. And the reason why I got that, with no education, I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of VPs, all highly educated. And it's because, and I kind of attribute it to a couple of things. One, you know, I was very organized. Two, I was fearless. Like what somebody yeah, would be right. afraid to do. I wasn't afraid to do. I was never afraid to make mistakes because right. I already messed up by not finishing eighth grade. So I figured, you know, <laughs> what, what else, you know? Oh, and so that's kind of my take on that's it. That's an amazing point. And yeah, we're cousins. Right. what? <laughs> we're cousins. Oh, hey, cuz. <laughs> They're right all on. at the extreme spectrum yeah. of things. I totally understand that. Yes, sir. Ready for, did you have your hand trip? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, I was relating as a, you know, I'm, I sing and make music and stuff, and often I run into people that went to Berkeley and they went to college, and they know all this technical music stuff, but they can't sing. <laughs> so I just, I don't know, that's all I want. I just want to add to it. I relate to that because you could be, you know, if you, if you, if you, you sing, you. if you just can sing naturally and you and you practice and you do it, then, then that's... You know, it's the experience thing, you know, and All right. I just think it leaks into every aspect of your life that whatever you do, you're going to do it. No, you're right. You know? I appreciate it. Because you're going to be educated on how to sing, but just because you know all the technical points, it doesn't you mean, mean you that can't. You don't have that natural talent. Yeah, well, well, you're not tapped into just doing it. You could study how to sing, but if you're not just singing for eight hours a day, and, you know, it's just like with God, I feel like that if you're not going through that filter of, of knowing yourself, like you said throughout your life, then you're not going to what know What have how you to... discovered about yourself that you didn't know prior to getting to know yourself? Well, the anger thing was a big deal yeah. th- that I, I you know, forgiveness, like that's how I found you and, and realizing how powerful and impactful it was for me to forgive and be able to be relieved of that spirit so, so I can have a clear, you know, way of, uh, through life, I'm not skewed and I'm, and like, you know, when you asked about how do you see black people? And when I realized that I'm, I'm able to see for myself now that I know myself more, yes. that I can see in other people. Like you said one time, when you, when you become more awake, you could see the snake in the grass. Yes. And so now that I'm able to be more awake and, and discover myself, I'm able to see and identify with people who have the anger. And that they use their intellectual you know, knowledge and stuff like that to talk and sound intelligent and, and really come up with excuses 
as opposed to being accountable and, and just acknowledging that they have that spirit of anger. One thing, and I hate to cut you off and listen to the clock, but one thing I want you to know, though, when you see this, don't judge the people for being that way. They can't see. There was a time when I could not see. And, you know, I needed someone to point the way. So don't judge them. Be honest with them, but don't judge them. They literally cannot see. We've been in that fallen state before where you could not see, right? Be honest, but don't judge. Yes, ma'am. I was just going to say that for the people that are over 30 that have never been married, there is hope. (laughs) I got married when I was 33. That's encouraging. So, yeah, I got married when I was 33. Everybody has a different journey is my feeling. Uh, You got married at 33? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. To a beta. (laughs) To a beta. And did you have kids, too? Yes. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Are you still with him? No. (laughs) I'll rest my case. Yeah, no, but you're right. And, and hopefully, the people, I'm just joking, you can get a husband or a wife at 30, right? But in the good old days when boys were boys, men were men, you, you knew to get married at an early age so you can have the energy and the insight and all that stuff for your kids. But, yeah, you're right. So, ladies, don't worry. You go to get a husband. Um, if that's what you want. Yes, ma'am. Hold on, put the mic there. Ready to corner in the purple. I had one comment on the Bible. Yes. So I do read the Bible, but the Bible has been humbling for me because I'm in love with myself. And when I read the Bible, I find insight and wisdom because I know a lot of worldly stuff already. Right. I'm good. But the Bible is humbling for me. It's like, no, Didi, you're wrong. Your stuff stinks. And my sons pointed out to me. And uh, they're very convicting. I think the Holy Spirit is speaking through them sometimes. But I've made them mad, too, because I am that mother. No, I need you to go to school and do this. Because I can't put you in this position where I am right now without this basic requirement. But they're like, Mom, I want to be cinematography, cinematographers. Okay, son, we have that field, that department in my career. I work at American Airlines. So moving forward. You work at what? I work at American Airlines. Oh, okay. Everything is not check-in and ramp. Right. So yeah. moving forward, I'm like, son, I've made my sons mad at me. And it hurts. And I'm like, they're like, mom, you're acting like Maxine Waters. You're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I'm not mean. I'm just like. When your son say you're acting like Maxine Waters, you know you need to back off. Right. <laughs> Right, right. So, you know, that's why I just say flying out. I'll be in Hawaii at the end of the month. So, so, but I... Let me ask you this. You said that the Bible humble you. It humbles me. And that you're in love with yourself, right? Well, yes. How many people love themselves? (laughs) This is so good. Let me see it again. How many people love themselves? Amazing. This is my boy. This is why we have church. Um, how do you love yourself? Well, I love so, myself so much. It's, it's well, where not are you that. getting the love from to love you with? Well, uh, I like the way I look, first off. You like I like the you way look? I live. I, 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 I'm, I live a healthy lifestyle. But this is my lifestyle, and this is what I've chosen. But I did. You smoke a lot of weed. I'm not going to You smoke pot? 
I used to. Amazing. And kids don't do what I need they, too soon. I don't worry about it. Yeah, kids don't do what you tell them to do. They do what they see. And so now I'm like, eh, twin, you know, They stop. smoke pot? Yeah, don't say anything because they don't. I talk the to twins them. are smoking pot <laughs> like mother, like son. See, so I can't, you know, so I'm like trying to fall back. And, and time yeah, is not guaranteed. Go. Are they 18 now, right? They're 19. Leave They're them. living a good life, too, on my salary. You got to stop it. I'm trying. You should love your sons and set them free. I work too much, and that's what listen, that's what happened. Listen, you got to set them free. I just don't want. I I see where they want to go. No, and it could be so much easier if you just go this direction. No, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I put a lot of pressure on them. You need to back if they're 19. You need to leave them alone. I want to. It's hard. But you're going to destroy them. You're, you're going to turn them into beta males. And they're already fighting for their lives right now. They're telling you to back off. Why not just back off? They're grown adults now. But time, I don't want them to waste time. But you're killing them. What time are they wasting? Is I think they their can life? be more productive with uh, their time. And then don't tell them. They don't. 10 credits and 20 credits away, and they're so intelligent. They're just, and I think high school is just basic discipline, my opinion. Let me do this. What would you say to this young lady based on what you just heard? I don't have kids. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, my sons are 19 years old. They're telling me to back off, but I want because I see a direction I want them to go in. What would you say? Um, I would say to leave them alone because... I've been that age where I had people trying to control me like that, and yeah. I did not like it. Yeah, you need if you if how is it that you love yourself but hate your sons? No, I don't hate. Yes, you do. I, no, no, no. I don't like their uh, wait, decisions. A, no, no, no. I don't like how their decisions. How is it that you love yourself but hate your sons? See, it's a sin to be vain, and and I to know be what like uh, to be how I feel about myself. So the Bible convicts me, and then well, loving me. yourself. Well, I love myself, but you can overdo anything, right? And then I compensate with gifts and money and clothes and cars when they and iPhone tens when they don't maybe deserve it. Yeah. So what, you're going to continue to do that? No, my my aunt told me to stop, and and she's a holy roller. She's like, stop. You're making it worse. You, but you can't stop I, because I feel bad because I think I worked a lot when they were younger. And then just compensated with gifts and things like that. That's amazing. What's are, the, okay. are you going to stop? You Am can't I going, stop. Yes, I want to. I'm serious because I think I'm enabling them. Do they have a Is, job? They have a, a little job. <laughs> what would you say to her? I'm going to let one other lady try to help you. Then I'm going to put a man on you. <laughs> what would you say to her? Oh, I saw your hand. I'm sorry. No, you no. Go ahead. Leave them alone. Yeah. They need to be able to. I mean, it's like a bird. Okay, you're the mother bird. Kick them out of the nest yeah. while you are alive and well, and can undergird them when they fall flat on their face. If they They're going to be okay. They won't you. learn anything with you hovering and gifting and. 
They won't be strong men it, at all. Yeah. <laughs> she said, you said put them out? Let me, but look. I'm scared some of the world, like, they're kind of naive. They think they know a lot. They are intelligent, but I don't want nothing to help. I mean, I want nobody to hurt them. But look, uh, this young lady way in the back. Yeah, right there, Mark. Well, oh, that was tough. I'm, I'm, I'm with her, actually. That's why I wanted to speak oh, okay. about that. All right. I have an 18-year-old, too, and it's a boy. I have a 22-year-old girl, so I'm just... Are they both I'm, living... Hold yes, on, Mary. they are both at home. They're both living with you? Yes, they are. Why, why are you keeping them there? Um, it's a, well, because it's, it's expensive out here. The girl for who? is for them to live. But they're living with you. They don't have any experience. Um, but expenses. if they go out in the world, where are they going to go? They're going to either sink or swim. I, you know, I'm ready to kick the boy out. The girl, she's good. She's, I must say, I'm a little biased. The girl, she's so good. She's got a real estate license. She's almost done and actually she'll be done with school next month. That's school. This break my heart. And I didn't this push her. I didn't push her into school. She did it on her own. Trust me. I'm not the educator. If she had been, if she had done it on her own, she would be out working and going to school. She is working. Having her own place, not at your place. That's how you do it on your own. She's not on her own. And you're doing her a disservice by treating her this way. It's not at some point she's gonna go out into the real world, whether it's after you die or sometime. Eventually she's gonna go out there and she's not gonna be prepared. And that's gonna be harder on her as an adult than it would be had you let her go earlier. I say I don't know. I don't I, I have to disagree with that because she left home at seventeen and went away to Missouri far away from school. And she came and back. She was on her own without calling for anything. Well, why did she come back? She came back because her peers were not elevating, and she was. Her so she what? had to get away from her peers. But see, um, she, she can't deal with life. She needs to stay out there and deal with it. Well, no, if she's surrounded around people that, you know, that she wasn't going anywhere, and she saw that, but she needed to get away from Why couldn't she that. make that move without having to come home? Let's say she had friends because who were not going school. anywhere, move to a different room, hang out with different people. She needed when you're to on make the campus, that I'm sorry? She was on campus. Right. Around, surrounded around people. So for her, so her everybody on campus was screwed up? I'm, pretty much. That's everybody except your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the way amazing. she felt. I mean, so she came back home and she finished. she's finishing off now. I mean, she's a good girl. The boy is the one I have a problem with. And what's the problem with He's him? He's the one that's smoking weed and who knows what else yeah. he's doing. What um, else he's smoking? Huh? He may be smoking something other than weed too. Something. Else. I, I don't know if he's smoking other than weed or if he's putting something else in his mouth. I, oh, you know. You know why he's doing this? Why? He no, hates you. <laughs> he hate me. He hates you because you or himself. Step. No, he he might hate himself too, but he hates you first. Okay. Then he hates himself because he can't. He's a man now and can't have a life. He's not creating a life for himself. And so he blamed you for that, and he blamed himself that. for that because he feel worthless. Mm -hmm. And so he's smoking this pot to escape. And because you have been unfair to him, you have not shown love, you've shown hate to him. In what ways? By not setting him free, making him go out and training him to work, be independent, and at 18, he got to go. And you have not done that. 
I'm counseling with people in their 50s and 60s. I haven't right done now. that. You're right. Absolutely. I haven't, uh, I haven't but, kicked him out. He's 18 and he's still home. And yeah. But if you want job. him, you got to let him go. Because he's going to hate you for it. The longer he stays there, the worse he's going to get. And you are to blame. I, I agree. I blame myself. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I agree with that. Yeah. So, so let him yeah. go then. Say, hey, son, I'm sorry for not but being you, right with you. When you say let him go, you let him go where? Wherever he goes. It, it just say, get out? <laughs> the West like, Hell. Just get out? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> listen. No, but listen first. Let me tell you this way. Okay. You apologize for the way you treated him. Mm-hmm. And then give him a month or two to find a job. Okay. Hey, look, in the beginning of the year, February, you got to have a job and be out of here. You got to move out in February. And that'll get him a chance to, and, and mean it. And that'll get him a chance to get out there on his own. Can I ask you this? If, if I send this kid out in the streets, because there's he's a lot of a things. He's not a kid, he's an adult. Well, this, this young he's man. He's no longer your baby. He's still my baby. If uh-uh. I send him out, yes, he is. Yeah, no. Okay. And don't call him baby. <laughs> Okay, if I send because him because when you sp- call him a baby, he feels like a baby, and make yeah, it, it weaken yeah. him. And so women got that bad, especially black women. You could be ninety years old. <laughs> this is my baby. <laughs> you still my baby. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So if I send him in the streets, and he's already weak, he's very weak. Right. You know, I have some strong children, but he's one of my weaker links that I try to keep near me because of that. And I saw that in him. Um, so I send him out in two months, three months, whatever, and then he's lost. Right. And then he continues on with these habits that he already have within the home. Right. Which could escalate into something bigger. Right. He can so, end up dead. Right. I mean, anything. Yeah, absolutely. But if you don't let him go, eventually that's going to be the outcome anyway. Except he would die at home with you. Rather than out there suffering through all this stuff and overcoming. He has a better chance of living by moving away than he does living with you. He's dying right now. He's not happy being a pothead living at home with mama. Believe me, he's not happy about it. I'm going to ask him too. Are you happy at home? Okay. Yeah. Is this your friend? This is my sister. Uh, Do you agree with me or her? I agree with you. Have you been trying to tell her to let them go? No. Why not? If you see your nephew suffering, why not tell your sister, this is your fault. You need to let him go. I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it in that light. Oh, okay. But you see it now? Now I do. Yeah. Yeah. This is how boys become homosexuals and women become lesbians. Lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) Because they hate their mothers. And you take on the identity of what you hate. So you got to let him go. Are you going to do it? Figure it out. Yeah. No, let him go. some insight to where is that I feel that I can have that talk and see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's time. I agree. Yeah. Otherwise, you're handicapping him. And it's going to be horrible. He's not going to have a good life. I got to do this. I got to take a couple from here online to the folks who are watching, and then we kind of kind of wind out. Yes, James. Apologize to your son. 
you're wrong. All right? And you're not the only one. Most mothers do this. That's why we got so many weak men in America today. They are beta males because they have the nature of their mothers. And then, God forbid, he meets some woman in this condition, she's going to destroy him. He's going to uh, chew him up and spit him out. And, he, and then he'll be crying to you about that. And then you'll be like, I don't like her. She is so mean. All right. Um, yes, James. So Scott is asking if you can talk about shame. He thinks that he says, I know that shame is connected with anger. But can you talk about it? Shame is not necessarily connected with anger. Our consciousness, our conscious can let us know what we're doing is wrong and we feel embarrassed about it. And that helps us to overcome. Shame is good. It's not a bad thing. I know that the sluts are trying to take the shame out of being sluts. But you want to be shamed. I would want to be embarrassed if I'm making a fool out of myself or doing something that I know I should not be doing. And I would want that shame to correct me or help me correct myself. So shame is good. The problem now, they're taking shame away from us. It should be embarrassing. I know I met a lot of people who are not married, young people, who go to their parents' house and have sex with the boyfriend or girlfriend. Anybody know that? Anybody know anybody like that? I'm not asking, have you done it? (laughs) But that should be an embarrassment to not be married and take this person you're dating to your parents' house, go in the bedroom, and have sex. Should that be, like, embarrassing? I would have never thought of doing that. I didn't even want my parents to know I was having sex. But there's no more shame in that. I know guys who are living with their girlfriend who live with her parents. But that's what we're getting to when you take shame out of it. Yes, James? Um, Mikey says he gave he forgave his mother and father. He's 22 years old. Um, he's financially independent, but his family resists him moving out by guilt and emotional control. Yeah. And Sound like somebody I know. So What's sh- your name? <laughs> what is it? You fought ya. Sound like you fought ya. <laughs> so he's doing the silent prayer twice a day. Should he leave and just not feel bad? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Your family don't love you. It's about them and not about you. Get out of there immediately. Don't even wait to pray. Just leave. <laughs> Get out of there. I'm serious. That's very And move far away. Where's he at? Where is he located? I forget. I don't know if he... If you're in Louisiana, move to New York somewhere. But get away from your parents and your family. I'm telling you, do not live around them. You're not going to have a life. You're not going to have a life. That's why they they want you to stay around so they can suck the life out of you. Make you feel guilty. Take all your money. Come over your house for every holiday. Just drive you nuts. It makes you think you owe them something. You don't owe them anything. Nothing. You didn't tell them to have you. You know what I'm saying? You didn't call down from heaven, hey, why don't you make me? (laughs) So leave and get far away. Right away. Last quick one. Advice for young men 
looking for women to marry but can't find any women worthy of being mothers. He knows online is a no. Stop looking. Don't look for him. Women, don't look for a man. And men, don't look for a woman. You seek first the kingdom of God in his right way, all things will be added. It will be added unto you. I'm telling you, it will be added. You're only supposed to seek what is right first. That's the only thing you should be seeking. Seek the kingdom of God within and all things will be added. Peace, your talent will come out, your everything. It really will. Last quick one. Why do most men hate women? Oh, they hate their mothers. Most men hate their mothers. And you become attracted to what you hate. And you become, and these men who hate their mother, they have a woman's mindset. They have their mother's mind and her emotions. Because it's abnormal for men to be emotional. Any man that is emotional is a beta male. He's a woman. How many guys are emotional? Only one honest one now. I thought I said that, right? (laughs) Thanks for your honesty, man. And the way to overcome that, you're going to have to overcome your mother. Because when you became angry at her, you took on her mindset. So you think and feel like a woman. Uh, I think it's just like natural. No. No, that's not natural at all. Well, I think like yeah, it depends on what you mean because you could experience it, but then not uh, nobody will even notice that no, you're experiencing you will, it. No, you will. You won't have peace. You're not supposed to be feeling this stuff you go through in life. So you're you just to, don't feel anything. Is I, that some, what you're saying? Well, my, my mama die. <laughs> I feel a little sad for three days, and then I'm dying. Uh-huh. You know, my father die. I'm sad for. Th- I didn't. Even, I wasn't sad about my father, but because I loved him so much, but. Mm. Um, yeah, because you got to define emotion. There's a time for everything, but you want to become uh, dispass- dispassionate. You don't want to be a passionate person. Well, how, do you defi- how do you define passion? You. I'm sorry? How do you define passion? Uh, it's, everything is so emotional for you. Mm-hmm. You're driven by your passion. You know, I have this great job, and I'm passionate about it, right? And every day you get up and go to work. And then as soon as something goes wrong, you lose the passion, now you want to quit. But if you were a dispassionate person, a logical person, you would never have to experience that. Well, what, don't you ever get joy and then experience it and like enjoy yourself in a moment? I have it all the time okay. because I have perfect peace. Joy comes and goes, but peace lasts through all things all the time. You want peace, you don't want joy. So you're basically saying don't let emotion cloud logic. Well, you can't help it unless you're born again. You got to come back to yourself. Right now, you are not you. You're your mother. And so unless you overcome her, you could never know what I'm talking about. You got to forgive. Let my emotion cloud my logic. You're not supposed to have it, though. Let's say you're married. I'm not. I don't see how that's possible. You have as, to, as a human being, like something bad happens and something good happens, and you're going to feel a certain way just because of the anatomy But you're not supposed your to, though. You're only feeling it because you're in a fallen state. To be, but that you, sounds you're supposed to have compassion. That sounds kind of robotic, though. Like to not feel anything, it just it seems very like artificial intelligence, where it's just a robot. But the person that's going through all these feelings is a robotic person. Because they build you up to let you down, to make you feel good. You got a new car, you're happy. The car is not old, you're unhappy. 
you love your wife as long as she's nice. The moment she's angry, you stop loving her. But if you didn't have that emotions, those emotions, you do it based on real love, on logic. And it's not based on how you feel at all. It's based on what's right. But you can control the logic without letting it overcome you. No, you can't. You can't control emotions. You can't control anger. It controls you. It's a spirit. But you're cognizant of that anger, so you realize, i got to do something about this. It's not like you just somehow shut it off and it doesn't come through anymore. You can't anymore. shut it off, and you can't do anything about it. It has to be taken away from you. And only God can do that. Mm-hmm. Once you forgive. And then he'll free you up, and you put an invisible bubble around you, and you can live your life, and now life is about overcoming all that stuff you picked up while growing up. You start to overcome that. And you find yourself dealing with imperfect situations in a perfect manner. You're getting better, better, better. Your relationship is strong with God. You have an amazing life. But if you're an emotional person, you're not overcoming anything. What do you say? Have you forgiven your mother? Oh, I love my mother. Yeah, she's great. Have you forgiven her? Uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I feel like everything that my mother has done that was bad, it was just because she was innocent human being. And it's like, have you forgiven her? Many times. Have you forgiven your mother? Yes. <laughs> and you know, you have you went to her and forgave her. My father her? too, actually. You you know what? My father too. Oh, good. You yeah. went to them and forgave them. Yes. You went to your mother, say, hey, "Mom, I'm sorry for resenting you." Yes. And what did she say? Uh, she was she was grateful. Actually, with my father, it was even more intense. It opened up a side of him that I always wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say to your father? I just recognized all the great things that he's done in my life and that I understand why certain things didn't turn out the way they should have. And I just, I said, you know, I realize that you're a human being and that you love me and, and everything that happened was because you were going through things too, learning in life. And, and what did you say to your mother? Uh, to my mom, pretty much the same thing as it related to her specific life. And um, What do you mean by related to her life? Well, I think like, uh, like a lot of the experiences these mothers in here are, are talking about, they want to you know, they want to shield their child. And I think it's important for her to know that, you know, that's not always the the best thing to do, that you got to get out there and do your own thing. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's that point where you look into your mother's eyes and, and you guys are on this on a, on a similar level where you look at each other as human beings, as opposed to, you know, this mother looking down on a child. Do you live with her? No. Oh, good. Well, good, man. I hope you have forgiven them. Then you can overcome them. But I think it also goes deeper. Like when you're asking the question about black people, you were, it sounded like you stopped at blaming the parents. But I think don't you also agree that it goes beyond blaming the parents to the root? The root of the causes are much deeper than that. No, you don't think so? No, because your parents either by example and having faith in God, they they live a perfect life. So as an innocent child growing up. You could stay on that same path. But when the father and mother are not perfect, they corrupt you and they cause you to fall off that path. But then how would you explain the fact that when you were younger, you felt like black people were different from how they are now? Because where I was growing up, they were different. But were, why? That's what I'm because, saying. Uh, because they were decent people. 
but that doesn't explain anything to me. Like, if you tell me that somebody's decent, I'm, I'm trying to think, Meaning like, why are they decent? Because they didn't hate their fellow man. They respected one another. So what was? What do you think is the cause of this new hate? That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, out of wedlock birth, number one. The men are not men, number two, and uh, and uh, relying on the government, number three, and not think as someone mentioned, not thinking for themselves at all. They think in groups. They're no longer individuals. So you blame it on the government mainly? No, I blame it on the parents. But you also just said the government. But that's what's preventing them from getting better. So they believe. So you're in saying that. the root is the government? No, the root is uh, the parents. The lack of good parents. And so when you're weak like that, then the world will come in and overtake you. They'll use you. The world will use you because you're weak. But if you're not weak, they can't use you. So the parents cause, cause their kids to become weak. Okay. I guess I, I'm still confused about root versus like parent and, and the government relationship. Like which one you feel like the parent comes first, but not yes. the government. Right. If you have good parents, perfect parents raise perfect children. Imperfect parents raise imperfect children. And then when you're out there, you have the world coming in and seducing you. You need more of this, or you can't make it because of this, or you can't make it because of that. You can't make it because you're black. You can't make it because you're a woman. You can't make it because you're homosexual. The world come in and lie to you in order to control you. But the fact that, like, the welfare state doesn't incentivize a mother to marry a father, you don't think that has anything to do with it, or you do? Yeah, that has something to do with it, but if she had good parents, she would never look to the government. She can resist the seduction. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. Good question, man. Are you married? No. You've been married? No. You ever dated? Yes. And how did that go for you? Great, terrible... Yeah, sometimes in the middle. Oh, okay. All right, we want to get you where it's great all the time. All right? So let me do this. I got to ask my friend a question here. This your first time here? Yeah, it's my first time. Any questions for me or anything? Um, no, I'm just, just observing right now. Yeah. And how you found us on, online? Yeah, YouTube. Did you go and forgive your parents? Yeah, I forgave them. Did you go and forgive them? Yeah. You went to them? Yeah. And what happened? Uh, it was funny. I was watching you. My mom did exactly what you said. She got all emotional, started crying, saying she's this and that. And I just looked at her and I was like, well, you know, I'm not mad at you for any of that. I didn't give in to any of that yeah. stuff. It's just, so it is what it is. And I still see it going on with uh, my brother and, and the grandkids. Yeah. Don't, take, don't leave your kids at home with your mama. Is not safe. <laughs> it's not safe. And then if mama comes to your house while you're having a baby, as soon as you have that baby, send mama home. Because just like she sucked the life out of you, she's going to suck it out of your grandkids. That's why she's like, I want to be with my grandchildren. What she said, I need new life. <laughs> I need new blood. You're like, no, mom, you can't stay here. No, you don't love me. I should. And then they get a law passed that says you got to let the kids be with grandma. 
<laughs> Have you, no, you noticed that? Don't do that. Don't leave your kids with mama. All right, ladies. Because the ladies really got that bad. Well, she's my mother. She's going to suck the life out of your kids. Anybody disagree with that? You just, okay, one disagreement, then we got to end, folks. We're out of time. And why you disagree? This your first time here? Yes, it is. Welcome. Hello. What's your first name? Excuse me? What's your name? My name is Gabriella. Gabriella, thank you for coming. Like uh, why do you disagree? I'm a very expressive person. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I don't need your microphone, my voice. You have to use no, we need it. Is, is it on? Yeah. All yeah. right. Well... <laughs> If I had kids, I would want to leave them with my mom because my mom, in my eyes, is God. Uh oh. So, and we. Don't leave with your mother if she's God. Why not? Because she's not God. But in my eyes. But then why do you see your mother as God in your eyes? Well, that's my own personal reference, and that's just how I feel. But why do you feel that way? What is it about her? Because it's my truth. It's my truth. What, what is it about her that makes you think she is God? Well, for one thing, she birthed me. So therefore, I came through but, her canal. But that's it's, a punishment. It's not a. Why would Birth that be a punishment? For a woman, is a punishment. That's not a punishment. Yes, it is. That's because not you did what you did, you shall have pain during birth. Oh, I don't believe that. You don't, don't believe that. At all. Are you a Christian? No, I'm not. I, oh, love is my religion. Who? Love <laughs> is my religion. Oh. So I'm not a Christian. I'm not a this. I'm not a that. Your mother I'm never made me. any mistake with you. Of course she made mistakes because she was a spirit having a human experience. So does, God, does God make mistakes? Well, what God are you talking about? Because there's so many. No, there's, there's so, only one. So many. There's only one. So which one are you talking about? Your mama God. I'm talking about the real God. Does the real God make mistakes? Well, my, my, my mother is my God. So therefore, you oh. know, it's, I'm not, I'm, my mind is not going to change in this five minutes. No, that's I'm not my, trying to change That's it. my perspective. Yeah. And I'm sticking with it. You live with her? No, she's passed on. Oh, man. She's passed on. So she's controlling you from the grave. No, she's not. Yes, she is. No, she's not. Yes, she is. Well, then if she is, control on, mama. See that? Control on, mama. Because you, I'm doing real good. So if she's controlling me from the astral plane, the non-physical, then control on. Okay. Obviously, we came into agreement with that before we came here. So if that's her choice to control me, here I am. Control on. Amazing. Control on. You have kids? No, I don't. Don't have any. Why not? <laughs> Why would you say because that? Because you're going to screw them up. Why would you say that? Because you, your, your mind is messed up. In your opinion, my mind is messed up? No, not in my opinion. It's a fact. <laughs> Why would you say it's a fact? I'm so curious to that because Number it's one, so critical and judgmental of you to profess when you don't even know me uh, that my mind is messed up. I'm confused. Please enlighten me. Anyone that thinks their mama is God is messed up. Well, <laughs> Number what, one, what, what, anyone who thinks somebody, you said something about all these other guys and your truth is messed up. In your opinion? There's no such thing as your truth. In your opinion? No. And whose opinion? It's facts. But who opinions matter? It's facts. No, who opinion uh, opinion come a dime a dozen. Who opinion matters? No, listen, listen. Only mine. No. Only mine. You don't have an opinion. Okay. 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 Right. You're influenced by your father, the devil. I don't believe in the devil. Yeah, whether you believe in him or not, I do he's not your believe daddy. in the devil. You want to ask me what I believe I, I in? Uh-uh, I believe you, in me, no, not the devil. No. See, people get that confused. No, you believe in Satan. I don't believe in Satan. Yes, you do. I don't. Satan is your daddy. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Maybe he's your daddy. Satan, your daddy. Maybe he's your daddy. I gotta leave. I gotta end. But, I, but I, he's not mine. Well, thank you. How did you find us? Spirit led me here. Which one? <laughs> <laughs>
doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just know that I'm here. Okay, I'm glad you came. I, I, I mean, am too. Yeah. It's probably be my last time, but I, I, I'm glad I came. No, no, come back. Like I've learned something and been enlightened. Well, you just learned to Satan is your daddy. I know. I know. I have you just learned. Yes, well, I have learned something. I know where the Satan is your daddy. I have your learned mama something. Ain't God. I've learned where my spirit is welcome and flowing, harmonious, and where it's all backed up against the wall and stuff right here. And I feel backed up. Do you watch I, Oprah? No, I don't. Oh, but thank you for coming. I got you're it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, but come back. <laughs> <laughs> and bring your mama. She's here. She's here. I knew it. I told you she's controlling you from the grave. Oh, amazing. Um, I'm glad you came though. I, I'm rushing. I'm so over time right now. I had to, I, my family is here though. Who's your family? Wow, nice family. Did you know that she thought her mama? She think her mother's God. Absolutely. And you still friends with her? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. I got friends who are misguided. <laughs> but uh, just have a seat for a minute. Let me okay. wind this down. Okay. No, I'm glad you're your friend. I am too. Let me do this. So, uh, don't mama her. <laughs> she went over there and gave her some mama love. Let her feel the pain. He tipped over there, husband, <laughs> taking her pain away from her. So let me do this. I have some more I want to talk about. One thing I want to talk about is, and I, I'm not going to get into it today. Um, I, I hear that people, experts, are encouraging other people to grieve. You have not grieved the fact that you don't have love growing up. Oh, you haven't grieved this or that, all right? I want to talk about that hopefully next Sunday. How many of you grieve over things? Thank you for your honesty. You too? Everybody else won't tell the truth now because they don't know which way to go with this. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk to you uh, next week about that. Number one, I again, education has its place. But you're not supposed to live by education. You're supposed to live by faith. Only live by faith. All right. Not education. Education is just a tool. And you can do better by not. And I'm not encouraging you not to go to school, but you do better by knowing yourself, knowing the creator and just working every day, managing your life, saving your money, investing your money, just doing your talent. It would be so amazing. And you have less debt. But if you are educated, nothing wrong with it. Just don't live by it. Use it as a tool and put it away. All right. Live by faith and live by uh, knowing thyself. And when you know yourself, you discover God It's going to be amazing. And so be honest with yourself. All right. Uh, the other thing is just be. Really, just be, just live and stay away from all these ideas that your father, the devil is giving you. Just live. All right. Just don't believe any thoughts at all because every thought is from Satan, your daddy. Don't believe him. He's a liar. And just live your life one step at a time. Do the silent prayer and it's going to be amazing. It really will open up for you. All right. The other thing is uh, make sure you do the silent prayer. Thank you all for coming. And don't forget to support us. We need your donations, your tithing offerings. 
Um, don't forget to tune into the radio show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at work. And again, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Um, is this coming Thursday night, the first Thursday night? Yes. It is? So we will be. No. Oh, okay. Well, no, no meetings this week. All right. And I really hope that you become individuals. You can't take that wide road that leads to destruction. You have to take that straight and narrow path and just be you. And then the last thing, know for yourself that you know that you know you know. Not because I said it, not because your daddy or your mama said it, not because the teacher said it. See it for yourself, then it's yours. All right. And also, when y'all come back, I want you to tell me where are you getting this love from that you love yourself with? Because a lot of you said you love yourself. Right. And so next week, I want to know how are you loving yourself? Is that a good question? All right. So, oh, let the wedding couple come down real fast. Come down here. I don't know. if we. Are you ready? If they stand up, can it be seen on the camera? On the bottom of, on the bottom, they can see a little bit. Come down here. They just got married. Hey, yeah, all is well. A handsome couple, too, huh? Man, you got yourself a pretty wife. Yeah, Okay, so how long you been married now? A month and a half. A month and a half. How's it going? Good. Oh yeah. Everything's yeah. super busy. Yeah. Yeah. Life is just every day. It's like riding a bull. And y'all had a fight yet? Not really. Not really. No. Not really. No. They say not really. That means yes. <laughs> no. No. Oh nothing, yeah. Nothing substantial. Just a little. I mean, we fly over. Oh, hold the mic. Maybe uh, he's a little bit disorganized. Oh yeah. But you men, know, men are disorganized. Yeah. Uh, I handled that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. Right on. Yeah. I did the wedding. Isn't that amazing? It was yeah, so yeah. nice. Yeah. So congratulations. Now you got to make a lot of babies. Yeah. yeah. We want to. We so want let's to. get this started in here. <laughs> and I was about to talk about that because when you were talking about education, I was about to tell my story, but you know, I'm a little bit shy. So, of course. Yeah, um, I was studying psychology in Colo- I'm from Colombia. Three years, uh, three years, right? Yeah. And uh, and it, I don't know. Time was going by, and that doesn't make ins- that th- it doesn't make sense for me. This psychology thing, and then he appears out of nowhere. God sent him. They sent him to me, and. Uh, all the things that I really wanted in my life became true. I, I really wanted to, you know, be a good wife and have children. And uh, he, he, I don't know, he just came along. And I dropped the school. I dropped psychology. And I'm glad that I did it because it wasn't working for me. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with education, as you say. Right. But they didn't teach me how to be a good wife in in college, they didn't teach me how to cook or how to iron iron. <laughs> iron. Yeah, they don't teach. They don't teach us. And they're gonna hate the, you for saying that. Yeah, I think so. They they didn't teach me all that, and and I was like, no, I don't want this. I want to be a, a home uh, 
homemaker. Homemaker. Yeah, I want to be a homemaker. And life teach me that now that I'm married, you know, so, and I'm 24, so there is hope for all the young ladies there. She's not 30. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 30. Yeah, he's, he's, he's. Nice age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations, guys. Thank you. I just wanted the world to see you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thank you. <laughs> Lock your door. Remember we did a, a Lock Your Door got married, right? Well, they had a baby. So I think the, ba- the, the bread was already in the oven. Well, at least they got married before the baby came. So congratulations to them as well. Um, so thank you all. And uh, we need your support. So uh, what's your name? Esteban is going to come around and take up the donations. All right. Thank you all for coming. I appreciate it. So let me do this.